A lot of great things coming to Rock Hill. It really was the people of Rock Hill. How many things does Rock Hill have going on? And you get to be a part of that. Now it's like, wow, I wanna be there. I wanna live there. I wanna go there. It is extraordinary. The changes that have happened and what I really believe is just the next really great city in South Carolina. Hello and welcome to Rock Hill CityCast. My name is Matthew Cray. We hope to keep you informed on all things going on inside the city of Rock Hill. To my right, co-host Ashley Studebaker, and we've got uh, two special guests with us today, uh, Lucas McFadden and Laura Bree Monday from CN2. And then we've got uh, intern Stuart Sutton sitting over here with us. So I guess you could say three special guests, but uh, Lucas, Laura Bree, how are you guys today? So good. Well, this is exciting. I know. <laughs> this is great. Welcome. Yes. The, the crowd goes wild. Yeah. We'll the take cheers. it. Thank you. A round of applause. We need the clapping, you know, the audio. Like, I, I can, you know, we can, we could probably lay that under if we, <laughs> we wanted to. We probably could, but, yeah. Um, we'll do it in Lucas's, post. Yes. This is Lucas's <laughs> comfort zone. This is wheelhouse. <laughs> so yeah. if you would uh, give us what your positions are at CN2. Sure. Yeah. So I'm Laura Bree Monday. I'm the news director and co-anchor although it's been a while pre-covid since we really co-anchored together the same way but lucas and i share the wealth and um really feel like it, we tag team the show so whoever's on the desk we still feel like we are anchoring it uh lucas and laura Bree, i think our our l's just from even hiring date always l squared we enjoyed that um, and, and the, the last life. names right it get it does get confusing. Yeah. We just go with wow, McMonday yeah. sometimes. <laughs> we did say that, that McMonday. <laughs> so um, I started, uh, I guess it was about 2008, 2009, and Lucas had been here previously, but I was able to snatch him back. So he's actually got more um, time with the company than I do, but we have been, um, I'd say, a force mm -hmm. since um, returning to the anchor desk together. I um, mean, gosh, now the, the, what, late, early 2000s, it's going to, we're dating ourselves, <laughs> friends. <laughs> it's the number that's not cute to say anymore. Yeah. <laughs> really. Uh, but on the other half, I'm the uh, co-anchor of CN2 News, and I produce the, the newscast, the daily newscasts, and kind of like oversee our crews when they go out in the field. Awesome. Well, before we get into questions about CN2, we want to get to know you guys a little bit. And this is a new introduction to the podcast. We're going to do an exercise very simple. You probably heard the term before, but elevator speech. <laughs> so I'm going to, we'll, we'll do 60 seconds on the clock again, Ashley, if you can pull up your stopwatch over there. <laughs> and what we'll do is we'll each go around the table and give the elevator speech on who Lucas is, who Laura Bree is. <laughs> so if I were to go, uh, hey, I'm Matthew. I grew up in Easley, South Carolina. I came to Winthrop in 2012. Uh, I did a couple of things. I interned with the, the Carolina Panthers. I worked at ESPN. I did the yellow lines that you see when you watch a football game on TV. I was in charge of putting those on the field, which is uh, one of the most unique jobs I've ever had. And then uh, after I graduated college, I went home for two weeks before I got hired uh, at WRHI, a radio station here in Rock Hill. I worked for them as a news person. I called football games. And then after five years there, I came over to work at the city. So that's it's about 40 seconds, I think, off the top of my head. Are we allowed so, follow-up questions? Yeah, like, so okay. th this is just to, to break the ice a little bit. But <laughs> Okay. Um, are, are you ready over there, Ashley? Am I going? No, um, oh, you can oh, if you like. Watch. Yes, I am. All right, oh, no, you're ready you with your watch. Ahead. All right, which <laughs> one of you would like to go first? 
Well, I worked for Light FM, so I feel like that's elevator music. That, <laughs> okay, that, so I feel like I need music behind me while I'm doing this, but I'll go. All right. Uh, okay. Ready, Ashley? Yep, ready. All right. Go ahead. Oh, gosh. All right. No pressure. So I grew up in the New York, New Jersey area. I went to college in Indiana. I took my first TV job in West Texas, but in between that, I did work for Light FM in New York City, so I always knew I wanted to go into television, but it was hard. We have an intern in the room. It was hard to get those internships. So my first internship offer was with Viacom. So in the MTV building, Times Square in New York City, and I started interning in college. So my first actual job offer out of school was at Light FM as much as I still wanted to do television. So it took me about a year of sending out my resume tapes. And back then they were boxes and 10 bucks a pop, <laughs> like when you were shipping them off. So when I tell people how many times did I apply for jobs and I go 10, 20, 30, I mean, I easily probably sent out 100 resume tapes all over the country two job offers Lubbock Texas and Bozeman Montana and I landed in Lubbock Texas that was my first TV job I met my husband out there Keith Monday I was not looking for a husband in fact I tried to <laughs> run the other way oh, yeah, that's but how it um, something stuck and so we lived in Lubbock and Amarillo Texas and then we moved to West Virginia and then we moved here and we are done and it's a very nice feeling to be done where's my time lady it's you're done but I was so oh, intrigued I just <laughs> to go all over Place. And uh, and how long have you guys been here? And seen uh, about the time we took the job. He took a job at Channel Nine. I think it was two thousand eight. Also, <laughs> um, so he looked, and and I started looking around for what turned out to be the best job in television. I just didn't couldn't have imagined the CN two gig existing when I started looking around. But he he got picked up in Charlotte. He's a weatherman for Channel Nine. Keith. Oh nice. And then um, I found CN two in a newspaper ad of all things. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yes. That's unheard of. I know. Oh, wow. All right. Well, you're off the hot seat now. Woo. Lucas, we'll throw you in. So uh, take a seat in the hot seat. All right. I feel like will. this should be the uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? The lights come down. The lights. There you go. All right, ready? Yep. Go. All right, I'm Lucas McFadden. I'm 5'7", 155 pounds. I like long walks on the beach, rainy mornings, and any romantic comedy with Matthew McConaughey. Uh, just joking. <laughs> Some of that is true, by the way. Uh, born and raised here in South Carolina, the big town of Fort Lawn. When people say, were you raised in a barn? I actually grew up in a barn on our property. Uh, went to high school, college, and have done my entire TV career in the great state of South Carolina, up and down Interstate 77 and Interstate 26. Uh, started interning at CN2 when I was in college, worked for CN2 after that, after my college degree, spent some time in Columbia working for the NBC affiliate, and then came back in 2008 to CN2. And then a couple years after that, uh, five years ago, I joined uh, part of the staff of WRHI's Palmetto Mornings. I'm a big thrill seeker, so anything that gets my blood boiling and adrenaline pumping, you can sign me up for it. Time. That was exactly a minute. Really? Wow. wow. <laughs> nice. and he, 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 he wasted 15 seconds on stuff that wasn't even real. Yeah. That's oh, that was real. So question, follow-up question for both of you. Laura Bree, what, what did you like about Rock Hill or what enticed you? And Lucas, what's kept you here? Okay. Lucas kept me. No. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I've worked in a number of cities across the country, and I think this size community is really appealing. Nothing wrong with Charlotte. Enjoy all it has to offer, but you do not get to connect with um, people, with different administrations. Um, you don't run into people the same way at events. So I think the homespun piece of it sounds cheesy, but it genuinely is why we love York County. 
uh, what kept me here. I thought I was going to leave Louisville High School and go and be the latest correspondent for Entertainment Tonight. It wasn't until, as Laura Bree described earlier, when you have to put together resume tapes and how extremely cutthroat that it is. Back in the day when you would mail in your tapes, you became best friends with the people at the post office. So when you really realize, like, wow, like it to get to that level, you have to be so invested. You have to get agents. You have to have the right look, the right, uh, you know, luck is part of it. And so I'm like, you know what? I would like to be located in a city where you can make a difference. And it just so happens that this is my home community. And I'm like, why not? When you're lucky enough to be from an area, we joke, yeah. Keith and I really were around all these like Dell Web 55 and up communities and all these people are choosing to retire here. So how great to have found it, you know, before that and be able to raise your family here and not wait till retirement to land in that retirement community. And I can imagine for you going from Times Square, like to me, that's fascinating. I don't know. People from New York, just the concept of New York is wild to me, but like you going from New York and now you're in Rock Hill, that's insane. So the bigger jump was, so I, I grew up in the Northeast, went to college in Indiana. That was a little bit of a let's start slowing down, but my first job in <laughs> yeah. West Texas. So I was literally working in Times Square and I went into my boss's corner office, 40th floor of the Viacom building. And I said, I'm taking a job in Lubbock, Texas. And people said, where? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Going. And yeah. I landed in a cotton field. I mean, literally the airplane wow. and my first experience with hail and tornadoes and center pivot irrigation systems. And I mean, it was so foreign to me, all of this. But there was such a beauty in that. I joke, I was drawn to the nearest weatherman because I was so spooked by all the severe weather <laughs> that was so different from where I had grown up. But it is night and day. Not everyone can adjust, but not everyone is also open. And they're all all great. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what makes the country as great as it is. And I think part of who I've become is because I've lived in so many parts of the country. So uh, CN2, we'll get to CN2. We learned a little bit about you guys. Uh, what can you tell us about CN2 and its origins and how it began? Well, let's see. So it was uh, created, and I think our birth date is the same day that the Panthers organization got its charter to become a football team okay. so that's how we can kind of keep that uh on that that date fresh in our heads back in october of 1992 if i'm not mistaken right, so we're coming up on 30 yeah. years wow. three decades and we're so that'd be this october yeah. 30 years wow. and we're still just babies compared to many of our competitors across the country you know that many many years more than 100 years of serving their community uh, we, but we were created because we're located close to charlotte so many great benefits of living close to charlotte but when it comes to media our community was kind of being a kind of be left out so our uh, creators uh, were a division of comporium said you know what we want to have a, a news product for the folks in our part of the state. Uh, Columbia TV crews would only come up if something big was happening, and Charlotte would come down when something big was happening, but the day-to-day -day stuff was kind of getting overlooked. So 30 years ago, they said, why not create something that would serve the upstate part of South Carolina, mainly York, Lancaster, and Chester counties, and here we are 30 years later. Now, 30 years is a long time for technology technology to change and it has mm. um, especially <laughs> in this line of work so can you guys touch on the increase of technology and how it's affected what you guys do I just have to laugh at like some of the <laughs> right. basic parts of that because when I took that job in Lubbock Texas we had two-way radios in the car we had maps that we had to stop at the gas station we had pay phones we had to pull over to call people um, and so that alone just sort of shows you the time difference and that's only you know 20 years not going back even 30 so um, 
there is such a dramatic change, even um, just looking at COVID and what TV stations were able to do to pivot to stay on the air. I don't know that even 10 years ago, the industry could have quite done what in general all of us did. I mean, we had a full studio in our basement for a year. I mean, Keith was doing weather out of our basement for a year. Um, so, and, and I think I'll, I have PTSD from all that. In fact, when we recently moved, I was having dreams about CN2 moving into our basement. <laughs> oh I think it's because of all that, all that experience. I had to laugh. I was like, Lucas's office would be there. Keith would still be sleeping over there. It was all like working in my head. I was like, this does not make sense. Um, but to get back to the technology piece, I mean, we're fully virtual now. We have a green screen in our studio, and it's incredible. And it looks like we're in front of Fountain Park, and we might take the show on the road and show up in Lancaster, Fort Mill. I mean, we can be anywhere. Um, but the the fact that we can do interviews um, via Zoom, and you don't have to have people in the room the same way, it really is incredible. And the size of the equipment, again, we're moving boxes now. We have tapes that are bigger than our cameras. Mm. You know, batteries were bigger than our phones, you know. And so people, the weight of what you had to lug around um, and how tied physically you had to be to buildings. And now we can really float. And I'll let you jump in more, too. But I do laugh at those pages that we used to get. Come back to base. Come back to base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went from a tape industry where you recorded everything on tape and you edited tape to tape where now you just can shoot stuff on your cell phone. You could put together a kit and do an entire story on your cell phone, ingest it, that means put the video into the computer and just edit it away. And that's unbelievable. And the amount of time that has saved, sometimes hours, and in our line of work, literally seconds matter. So would you say that that's made things easier as opposed to harder? Because I think it does cut both ways. Uh, I think like everything with technology, right? Sometimes technology allows uh, for, for makes your job easier, but it also is more things to crash when it's digital. There's uh, more as exciting as digital is and exciting as technology is. It still can crash on you at the minute's notice and you shoot wonderful video and you come back and you have no audio. Well, you can't go back and recreate the whole event again. You just have to go with what you have. So uh, news plays an interesting role in in the community, um, often the enemy, depending on where you live. Uh, what? Larbury is sitting over there. Like, what did you say? No, no let's uh, go with frenemy. Uh, what What do you see as the role of the news in the community, specifically here in Rock Hill? Well, I think that's the beauty of this size community. I think people do see it difference i hope they do i think talking about technology the 24-hour news cycle i think many of us in the business would agree is is not always a positive so i think you know the internet and all of that is a beautiful thing but if you don't quite do your homework as far as where you're getting your news and you see twitter instagram as your sole news feed you know you just want to be mindful that there are organizations like a cn2 that exists um that really works hard to get both sides of the story and to tell the local stories. We are not chasing national uh, stories. We leave that to other people and, and even, frankly, Charlotte stories. If you can watch it on a Charlotte station, we're probably not going to cover it. We're trying to cover the stories. We have 28 minutes to tell people what's going on in their backyards here at home. Um, we are partners with both WSOC and WBTV up the road, of course, WRHI too. So there's some collaboration. And what's been nice to see is they've been taking some of our stories that they might not cover, but they're happy to take an air. And I think what people sometimes don't always 
think about is just staffing like anywhere else. You only have, say they have one reporter in South Carolina. They have one story they probably can cover. But if CN2, we're a staff of eight or nine when we're um, up to speed. And so we can cover a lot of ground. And so if we can shoot some of that positive news up the road and they want to air it, I love that. But I'm more interested in what we're airing, obviously. And I'm really proud of the reporters that we hire and send out. I try and find quality people at the end of the day. We have a lot of young reporters. Training and teaching is a big part of what Lucas and I enjoy. And I think what's kept us around, we enjoy the on-air piece, but we also enjoy bringing up the next generation as far as the next round of journalists. And so we really um, don't put anything on there without it having its T's crossed and I's dotted. Um, multiple times sometimes and I, I just wish people would realize that we really do put a lot of thought into the flow of our show Lucas does an incredible job producing it and the stories that we choose to send people out on um, again are, are thought through and who should we talk to and what sound are we going to use and um, again it's not a flippant decision we're not an affiliated TV station which a lot of people are accustomed to an ABC NBC CBS Fox affiliate with that has its pros and cons but we don't have any kind of I, I would say safety net that if we're light in terms of stories we got to always be thinking outside of the box when you're an affiliated station if you're light that means you're under and you're rundown you can go over to a computer and type in health you can type in news of the weird. You can type in sports and every affiliate across the country will pop up if you're an ABC affiliate and you can just download that package, revoice it if you want, just take it and that's two, three minutes filled in a newscast. We don't have that luxury. So our reporters really learn how to make contacts and who to call when news happens. It's We call it grassroots, grassroots reporting, but they have to really rely on the people when it matters. When news comes out of Columbia, out of the state house, no one is um, immediate when it's done, a decision is made, they're saying, okay, now we need to call CN2. A lot of them do, but when you're an affiliated station, you've got reporters there, an ABC affiliate in Columbia can send it to all the ABC affiliates across the country. We either have to be there or have to have good connections and relationships with our lawmakers, which we do. Would you say that's the most, uh, out of everything, the most unique thing with CN2 versus kind of, not versus necessarily, but compared to other news outlets? Uh, or are there other aspects? Yeah, I mean, I, I, being not affiliated allows a lot more freedom a little bit. That means we're not governed by, you know, this is what the product always has to look like. <laughs> we, Laura Bree and I have worked for TV stations that are own, that. A business owns 12 or 15 TV stations and all 12 or 15 TV stations look the same across the country. Well, there's a big difference between Rock Hill, South Carolina, let's say, and Texarkana. Like, right? Like mm -hmm. what fits there is not going to work here. What work here works here doesn't work there. So when you're affiliated station, it's kind of one size fits all and you have to all kind of look and the graphics are the same. Everything's the same. So we get to kind of, you know, create our own path. And there are pieces of the industry people may not realize, right? There's ratings periods. There's times that uh, stations are really being tracked because that equals ad sales and all these things. And um, while we certainly are happy to do commercials and different things as well, um, it doesn't necessarily guide our ship, which is nice. Um, so, so the ratings piece and just even consultants coming in, not that you don't want your team to improve, but there's a there's a pressure that goes along with working at, at say, a Charlotte affiliate um, that we can kind of step off of and really just focus on the product and, and the stories. And at the end of the day, whether it was our Emmy-winning newscast that I'm always happy to tout um, or just the news that we do every night because you're not going to have an award-winning newscast every night, we really 
it just comes down to storytelling and we are storytellers and we love being able to tell people's stories um and so that that's what i think makes us different um when people watch us hopefully they realize that the stories are just a little a little a little stronger maybe in some in some arenas you know we just can put a little more time into it if a story deserves two minutes we're going to give it two minutes you know at a charlotte station 30 seconds is 30 seconds mm-hmm. i mean you have to move on so comporium uh you guys are part of comporium uh comporium is a business that has pretty deep roots in the rock hill community there's a lot of relationships so how do you as a news organization which is often tasked with questioning and challenging people balance uh being news with the relationships you built yeah i'd say i'm really proud at um the relationships and the separation i think it's a it's a good dance that every company is sort of owned by somebody right Mm -hmm. you've got to you hear the national news saying you know we're doing this story and you know this is a subsidiary of this one and that's why this author wrote a story that was printed by this organization that's a subsidiary of our organization so i think there's more ties than people maybe realize in the uh, in the media world, so to speak. But I think the focus has always been community service and how can we focus on those small businesses. Um, and ultimately, that benefits all of us, our, our whole community, right? If the small business survives and um, it, it just helps. If Main Street is busy and active, that helps everyone. We go to church with a lot of the people we interview. We maybe went to school with them. We see them at festivals and, and events. It doesn't do us well to really make a lot of enemies, which sometimes happens in our line of work. We don't go easy on folks. We, If we have to ask the tough questions, we say that's what separates us from a lot of people, right? People at home are going like, oh, are they going to ask the question? We have to ask the question. Mm-hmm. But we teach our reporters and we live by that oath that if you just ask, just say, hey, listen, I got to ask this. It's, it's going to happen. And you kind of go from there. It it's a softer approach to it and you still get the same answer. You can just walk away as being respectful of each other because then you have to see them again in the shopping, like at the grocery store. Like how (laughs) awkward was that going to be when you're turning down an aisle and the person you just made mad three days ago, you see them, you're the only two people in the aisle. What do you do? Yeah. Very often we call it like the elephant in the room question, especially with new reporters who are afraid to ask a tough question, you know, um, but if you don't ask it, I think the person then thinks, gosh, I got off easy. I mean, they know it's coming. You know, it would be strange yeah. to not ask a question in certain situations. So, again, I think Lucas and I have the same approach. Um, you know, a little bit of grace goes a long way. Um, and if we're uncomfortable, they're going to be uncomfortable. So there's just a way to mm-hmm. sort of make it work. You know, just got to ask this and then we can move on or, you know. So um, it's just part of the job. And I think it's important to backtrack here. I think it, you know, very much so backtrack. For people who don't necessarily know, what all does CN2 cover? Like, yes, news, is it sports, everything local, Thanks, festivals? Yeah. What's What do you guys talk about? Well, we cover York, Lancaster, and Chester counties. So we are really focused on those counties. If it's a big statewide story and a lot of journalists are going to it, if it doesn't have any kind of connection with us, as Laura Bree mentioned earlier, we kind of just leave it okay. leave it to those folks because they're going elsewhere for that. But if a local group is mm-hmm. fundraising for the Kentucky tornado, exactly, yeah. we will we okay. will do a story on it. Other than that, we're not going to touch it. I mean, no one's mm-hmm. coming to us for the latest information with the Kentucky uh, tornado. We're just not. Right. But if we can just say, hey, a principal from the community that was impacted by the tornado works here in Rock Hill. He's now teaching kids how to, you know care about others outside of their community then we'll do a story along those lines but we we pretty much 
cover the good, the bad, and the ugly, and everything else in between. We do everything except weather. We don't have a meteorologist okay. on site, but we do get our weather from our Charlotte affiliates. But we do sports. Um, we do longer, sometimes format interviews where we're able to spend five, six minutes with a person. And in our line of work, that's like 30 minutes. Yeah, that's right. really unheard of. Uh, so it gives us a chance to really tackle a story and ask more detailed, in-depth questions. So you have your news block at, at 5 o'clock or 5.30? 6 o'clock, yes. Whoops. That's all right. <laughs> and uh, well, what other things do you guys uh, produce on your stations? Sure. So we do a new newscast every weeknight at 6 p.m. Okay. And then once a week we do our CN2 Today show. So mm -hmm. that's Wednesdays at 1130. And that's more of a lifestyle show. So to Lucas's point about some of those longer format interviews, it gives us a chance to do that. And again, we can kind of rewrite the rules a little bit. Like nothing's that locked in. We might start, you know, this week airing some graduations that haven't gotten mm -hmm. some love. So there's some opportunities to just air some different things. Um, but Lucas and I both, I think, thrive in those more long mm -hmm. format interviews because we enjoy getting to know people and really able to, again, get people's stories out there. And Renee O'Neill does a great job with our Today Show. And then we also have CN2 Extra, and on that channel is sort of the overflow. Again, uh, maybe some sporting events. Um, speaking of elevator music, if you need some background noise, they have classified <laughs> ads running with some nice music. You'll see it on in doctor's offices often throughout the day. Our city council meetings will re-air yep. yeah, on that city channel. Council, so High school football games will also air on CN2 Extra. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, that's basically the the local programming that we do but to lucas's um, point from earlier we don't have any affiliations so we are not revoicing some health package and making it look like it was you know a patient here in rock hill so it really takes a full day to do a 30-minute newscast i mean we are going from morning meeting till showtime and then we do it again the next day um so it's more work than people realize to generate that kind of content As, again to the level of which what we're hoping you know is, is a quality that people will really enjoy at home i always teach the like when we go to the schools and kind of explain what we do for eight hours it takes us eight hours to produce a 30-minute newscast so when you think of it like that a full work day to produce just 30 minutes some people at home might be like well that that seems like a lot but when you account the travel the shooting, you come back, you have to log all your sound and video, then you have to turn around and write it. And most of the time our reporters are doing more than one story. It takes a long time, but there are very few industries at the end of the day when you're like, how was your day? You could say, well, turn on the newscast and you can see it. Like we have a finished product every single day. And that's something that we enjoy. I mean, not a lot of industries can say that. Yeah, and the editing piece can be consuming, you know, so there's a lot of parts of the job. And as we mentioned, technology, I mean, things can go wrong. So, you know, you just need to allot for that extra time. And then we have um, Chris Roberts, longtime CN tour in our control room who puts it together. We joke, we kind of drive the ship to a certain point and then we hand it off and he becomes captain and we just let him kind of take it home. So you two, and um, you mentioned you guys have reporters in Lancaster, York, and Chester County. That's a lot. And you guys just touched on your days crazy in a nutshell. So how many reporters do you guys have? Who all works with you? Like, how do you guys cover all of this? Yeah. So we have a handful of reporters. So if we're at full staff, I really have three or four folks on the ground running around. Um, Chris is in our control room. We have um, Caroline Hasty now focusing on the web because that's like a whole nother channel now, mm -hmm. right? I mean, we're, we're sort of... 
um, transitioning we all are as an industry to figure out what this looks like right do you, do you put all this content on the internet and um, are more people watching there than even the, the show at, at a certain point especially these little clips that people are catching on all their different social media feeds so um, and then Jeremy Winder does sports who just a little shout out just recently got married we're so happy for him mm -hmm. so um, that's basically the team in a nutshell we yeah. had some interns float in and out David Bain handles a lot of our um technology and side of things our cameras tripods and he's been there i think since cn2 started back mm -hmm. in 1992 and jenna woods and brian mobley is part of his team that kind of help with our um, production side of the team so news as a whole the past seven or eight years has gotten a, a bit of a reputation uh what would you say is the difference between local and national news well, we are not the national news. So okay. I, I love when people try to loop everyone together and they'll say, you all, the media, just bad. I always just say, you're just watching a bad station. You're not watching us. <laughs> say all it again aside. for the people in the back. Yeah, say it the, again. And then for those people in the back. No, I think there's a big dis. I think people loop everyone together, right? I think we do that with all professions, um, but there's a big disconnect with national news than what we do here on the ground. Yeah, again, that 24-hour cycle is yeah. the downfall of everybody. I mean, how much regurgitating and churning of some of these topics that just should not be news to begin with. I mean, that's coming from a news person, you know? So where we get our news from, right, is, is hopefully, you know, you could shop around, uh, but you certainly need checks and balances in the world, mm -hmm. you know, and to say all media bad and, you know, imagine the world without it. I mean, mm -hmm. what people could get away with then. So I just think like anything, it's a fine dance. Um, and as long as we at our core stick with, um, are you know high morals and and what we believe is right and at the end of the day i have complete faith and you know trust in the product that we put out there um my reporters knock on a door with good intentions i've always said that like if somebody calls upset about a story you know nine times out of ten i promise you that reporter just you know had had good intentions they might not have realized you know the repercussions of what they did and and i'm also kind of proud to say that over the years some of those people that have called frustrated have honestly turned out to be friends i mean mm -hmm. once you sort of can talk people down a little bit and they're not angry at us they're angry at the circumstance that brought news to their front door to begin with you know you kind of got to keep it in perspective a little bit but um, as the years have gone on, some of my good friends are people who at the time maybe were frustrated. And then you talk like grownups should and do. And, you know, you come to an understanding and you say, we're happy to talk with you again when you're ready. And when we do, you know, a relationship gets forged. I mean, we meet people sometimes on the hardest, worst day of their lives. And I've always said, I'm not sure if I was on the other side, what my response would be. And our job is to just give people the choice. And that's what I wish people would understand. Like someone's going through something really traumatic. We just give them the option. Talk, don't talk. It's completely up to you. And when you're ready, if you're ready, we're still here. So your focus has always been capturing stories through video and interviews. Uh, what benefits does doing it through that medium provide versus other mediums where maybe you don't see as much video well we're visual creatures right so uh, it's exciting to see a new roller coaster at carowinds you can talk about it all day long and you can do the hand motions like it goes up and turns around but people want to see it with their own eyes they want to hear the sounds they want to see um my goodness, council member John Black, when he rode the Fury 325, he came off the ride and it blew his tie completely apart. Like it was like hanging on his neck. Like I could tell you that story and it's great. But to see the video of that tie being completely 
shredded is another thing. So it's it's really exciting. That's what I enjoy about it. Yeah, I love that answer because it really is true. And again, I, like I mentioned, I worked in radio for years and it's a great medium. It just didn't get me jazzed, you know, so everyone's kind of got their thing in their pull and I'll certainly read an article and listen to the radio. But for me, there's nothing quite like it all coming together with the pictures and the video and the storytelling in a beautiful news piece. Um, and sometimes even like a, a really good sports story that tugs mm-hmm. at you. I mean, there's nothing better, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to see that and hear the gnat sound of the coaches and the cheering. And I've always said to our reporters, our job is to see what everyone else doesn't see and connect the dots. So if you're at the same football game when that person who is in the audience goes home and watches CN2 what are they seeing that they go oh I didn't realize that that's our job as reporters is to just see a little bit more connect a few more dots and then put it all together with a bow is that the most rewarding part of the job for the both of you just conveying that story I think so yeah I mean I I, I think that I think giving um, people a voice. Yeah, I think that is a big piece of it. You know, I think we can take it for granted, you know, but we try and remind reporters when you're putting that microphone on someone, whether they're seven or 70, it may be the first only time that they get mic'd up. So in that moment, that is a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. don't be, you know, too you know, complacent about it. I mean, in yeah. that moment, that's a moment for that person. And that family is going to be really excited to turn it on that night. So when we put that story together, we try and remember that, that, for that person, the story is a really big deal. Um, yeah. This was briefly mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, but uh, how did COVID change things for you guys? And then what role did you play during the pandemic? <laughs> I think, well, our industry, we couldn't slow down, right? I mean, we couldn't go on on the first day, I guess, that COVID hit, whatever that day is, and say, sorry, we don't have a newscast tonight. We have to have something. So you just have to, we just had to, find new ways of telling the stories. Zoom meetings became very popular. I'm, I'm glad that that's still an option, but I'm glad that we can still interview people face-to-face. Uh, but, you know, it was challenging. I mean, we had to balance home life, um, e-learning at home with little kids. Laura Bree's got two kids. I have one. Mm-hmm. There were nights at midnight we were still up doing e-learning. I mean, that's a lot. And then having to think about the newscast. So, you know, I but it also gave a it, it paused it, it, our industry is go 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 all the time it did cause everyone to pump the brakes a little bit and take a breath and kind of slow down for a second which is so unheard of in our line of work and that is something that i i enjoyed that it like it did slow down just mm-hmm. for a little bit and you guys also um kind of have a new venture in a new location can you guys touch on exactly what all that is and what how that came about yeah well space a couple you guys are pretty familiar with so wrhi has an upstairs that people may not have realized and we have moved i mean we are not on the elizabeth lane building anymore that will be coming down uh in the probably foreseeable future um to be part of the downtown you know development and all that and so we are over at rhi upstairs um and we have a newsroom and a studio and you know a control room and the whole thing up there so um, that's where we are now. It's a nice partnership. You can kind of wake up with Lucas in the morning, hear what's going on, and wind down with us at the end of the night and really feel like you got caught up on the day's news and uh, be ready to go for the next day. Um, and, yeah, I just want to jump back to the COVID thing real quick. You know, we never were off air, which is pretty incredible, especially given the size that we were. You know, one or two COVID cases easily could have, you know, shut us down, and we were very fortunate. Um, but also the importance during all of that to let people know where – 
um, information was still coming from. You know, the city did a great job of, of keeping people keyed in. Once vaccinations became available, where could you go? The volunteers that were involved with getting people out there. So just communicating all that. I, if nothing else, I hope people also realized in that moment that there was such a value in still aware and how you could get your news. You really had, we were all told to stay home, right? Like mm. people were not leaving their houses. Um, so where did you go for information or to still feel connected? And hopefully we help people still feel a little connected to the community, uh, even behind all the masks, you know? Is there anything we missed or that you'd like to add? Let's uh, wrap up all our interviews, oh, I know. too. <laughs> yeah, That's how you know you're, you're being interviewed yeah. by a former reporter. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just hope people are smart consumers of news. I, I, as we've been in this industry now for a long time, just know where your news is coming from, where how it's presented is just being a smart consumer of news. Certainly uh, with the cable landscape, you can go to certain networks and you know what you're getting, right? If you go to the Food Network, you know you're gonna get food. If you go to HGTV, you're getting home building stuff. The same thing with certain networks. So just be a smart consumer of news, sample a lot of news out there and just kind of go from there. And also just play nice on social media. Social media is a very, wonderful space to celebrate so much greatness in our in our country in our world but it also can be a very dangerous playground and it's just continues to divide families communities and you know just play nice in that space yeah and i think to lucas's point we're your neighbors we're human so i love that you guys spent 30 minutes chatting with us because i do think people see us right the media as you mentioned as mm -hmm. sort of this other thing and we have families and we're in the schools and we're volunteering on the sides of the pool you know and um, cheering on our kids last night so it's just you know it's kind of fun to remember when you run into us just come say hi I mean we're we're all human and um, at the end of the day just have a job to do and we're really um, here to support the community and we want to tell stories so reach out news at cn2.com awesome well we appreciate you guys yes, joining thank us you today. so much thanks for listening to the Rock Hill City Cast episodes are available each week to stream on SoundCloud Google and Apple Podcasts to keep up with City of Rock Hill information, follow us on social media.